Welcome to ERM Perspectives, the show dedicated to credit union enterprise risk management. If you're interested in hearing perspectives on enterprise risk management directly from the people who do ERM at credit unions, you've got the best seat in the house. I work with credit unions every day so they can have their ideal enterprise risk management program. I'm your host, David Seibert. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of ERM Perspectives, a podcast dedicated to credit union enterprise risk management. I'm your host, David Seibert, and today I'm very excited to have Kim Withers with me. Kim is president and CEO of Meridian Trust Federal Credit Union in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Welcome, Kim. Oh, thank you, David. It's glad to join you today. I'm so happy that you are with me today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I know we've got some unique things to talk about, so thanks. Well, let's get started with learning a little bit more about you, Kim. So tell us about your background, a little bit about yourself. Oh, sure. I, I've actually been in the financial institution business for 40 years now, 30 years at the same credit union here at Meridian Trust here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And we have 11 branches and we're about 670 million in assets today. I actually got a doctorate in banking and finance. That's very unusual. I am a total nerd about this stuff. Oh, that's great. That's amazing that you have a doctorate in banking. So that's cool. That must, did you do that early in your career in the middle or whereabouts did you do that? Yeah. Towards the mid, towards the middle. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. It's good to have a little bit of experience, then get a doctorate and then put it to use. So that's good. (laughs) Well, this is going to be really exciting for me to talk to you about this because a lot of practitioners in enterprise risk management obviously aren't at the president and CEO level. So there's a perspective that they don't have. And then you have 30 years at this credit union as well at Meridian Trust Federal Credit Union. So you have all that rich history. So that's such an really powerful position to be in to have an enterprise risk management program. So thank you so much again, Kim, for joining me today. You bet. So let's dive into the ERM program itself a little bit. So can you tell us how long you've been doing enterprise risk management at the credit union, how it's organized, anything unique about it? It became pretty important to our credit union, I would say several years ago. It's not truly unique. I would say it is very customized. We, gosh, we view enterprise risk can be very dull, if you will. And it could be one of those topics that everybody rolls their eyes at, whether you're in a senior management team or on the board. We want Strive to make it more engaging because I don't think we've really elevated enterprise risk to where it should be. To me, it should be At the forefront, it should be like a reminder or you should have that before you do your ALCO, before you do your credit, or even while you're doing your board meetings, at least quarterly, because sometimes there's things in that risk management that that is starting to bubble up that you may need to recognize before you start making decisions down the road, let's say for ALCO, interest rate changes or deposit rates, dividends, and that kind of stuff. That might change your point of view if you took it at ERM first and then instead of last, and then you might have to undo your decisions that you made at the outcome. If you if imagine, because I'm in the Rocky Mountain region, imagine the Colorado River. It gushes in the spring and it hits, the water hits the shores, it hits, cuts out riverbanks and it twirls your boat. ERM is that boat that you're in. 
And so you've got to be really prepared for what happens to you outside of your organization. And so that's the economy is what happens on the river. And you have the spring runoff. And then all of a sudden, sometimes you hit dead water. It's absolutely calm. And you got to paddle like crazy, like a maniac to even get to two feet. So you've got to really be that flexibility that you have, but you also have to be very cognizant that you own the boat and you have to navigate the boat down the river. So that's how we take enterprise risk. So we have five categories and we just do spread. And the five categories is your credit risk, liquidity, interest rate, transaction, and compliance risk. Underneath these five categories are five to seven metrics that we gauge with. And they're all easily accessible metrics. We don't make it complicated. And most, if not all, are off the call report or a one-point data. So we can easily accessible. We don't have to go and manipulate the data to get what we get, what we have in our model. After we score each one of these five to seven metrics, it flows into an executive summary and gives us a dashboard or a temperature gauge of where our risks are. And of course, simple graphs. We have a baseline of what we think is like a moderate risk. We have up to 35 points in each category that can moderate it, 35 being the extreme risk, zero to five being very low risk. So you can see where the temperature goes up and down, if you will, where the risks are. And then we can graph that too. So you have the dashboard, and but you also have that graph of where your normal bar would be, your benchmark bar would be. And if the risk starts bubbling up, then you can see where it is on the graph easily. Yeah, that's great. That's There's a lot of good things that I want to unpack here a little bit. So starting from the end there, you've got the five categories and you have metrics within each of those. I love that. And that's so that you can trend those over time, I assume, just yes. like you said, bubbling up. Do you call those key risk indicators by chance, or are they simply kind of risk metrics? I'm just kind of curious what you call those. I would call, yes, to us, the risks, um, they're both indicators, I think. We can have a within the, each one of them, because three of the categories, credit risks, your interest rate risks, and liquidity, are all percentages, are quantifiable metrics, right? And then the transaction risks and the compliance risks are based on audits and audit findings. So it's hybrid of both, really, depending on what category, what the major category is. Yeah. Okay, great. And then you talked about risk being before some of these other risk categories. So ERM before ALCO, because ERM kind of scans the environment, sees what's going on with everything, has a wider view, and you can take that as input into your ALCO. How's that working out? Is that because I, I know a lot, the default is when you start an ERM program, it's the other way around. So you have Alco, and then it's oh, let's then let's discuss at ERM what happened at Alco. So tell us how it works at your credit union where you do ERM in a different sequence. So let's talk about one of the metrics that we use in liquidity risk is our percentage of fixed rate mortgages, and so that's a key metric in our ERM program. And when we start to see that we're elevating that risk, we're getting more in our portfolio because our baseline for that is 25% of our portfolio. If we start going above that and we start increasing the risk over a trend of a few quarters, 
then we want to say, okay, we need to ALCO to be very aware of that, that now we need to not only, depending on how rapidly it's rising as a percentage, we need ALCO to look at where we are on variable rate loan products. Do we need to roll one of those products out to offset or kind of curb what we're doing in the portfolio? Do we need to spur more consumer loan loans because we want the less risk that we want a shorter term assets? Or are we below the, ass, the fixed rate assets? We really want to put more on the books. So we want to do more in-house. So we offer an in-house rate and some fee income. And so we can blend both of them. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. And then towards the beginning, you talked about ERM is somewhat of a, it's a bit boring, right? It's not yeah. all that exciting. So thank you for just throwing that out there. Unless you're a nerd and then yeah. it's really exciting. It's exciting for you and I. Yeah. yeah. So you offered though, uh, an antidote to that. So you're trying to make it exciting so that it's not boring. So that it does have some traction and some activity. Can you speak a little bit about that? You just go through the motions, I think when you have a committee meeting. And I think you, it needs to be really engaging and having a discussion about not just the metrics, but how you can own the metrics and where you wanna take it. So you bring in your strat, strategic plan and you bring in the say, hey, we've got a great opportunity. The economy is doing this, rates are doing this, and our ERM is right on target. Do we wanna paddle faster? and really capture the market? Or do we want to slow down and just meander the riverbanks? And so when you speak in those terms and you think, I own this, and what can we do as far as pulling levers and doing stuff that will do this, move it a little to the left, move it a little to the right, gets exciting. And then you can see in the next three months what your decisions do. So you should celebrate what your metrics are doing, right? Yeah. It's just not say, oh, we're all low to moderate, high five, and then everybody leaves the room, right? You say, we're making great decisions, guys, and we do this collaboratively. It's cognitive thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And it's creative thinking about how you view your organization. And it's a great lever to really get excited about what I can do in the future. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, that's really good. I like the analogy. Again, of the river, should we paddle faster? Should we slow down? I think that really helps visualize and bring some excitement to it. And then celebrating the wins and where it's working and the, hey, we get to make decisions here and this is helping us make decisions. So it's tough. So those are some pretty unique things for your ERM program. Is there anything else that's unique about your ERM program or anything that you're particularly strong at that you can walk us through? Let's see, strong at... <laughs> Any recent wins or something that? Yeah, we, the backstory is we went to a, a new IT audit firm, switching it out. And of course, when you change any type of audit firms, increase the number of findings because they're looking at different stuff. They're looking at different measurements and stuff like that. So we were expecting it because we've done this before. We've seen this before when you switch audit firms and your findings go through the roof, according to our chief information officer. But to us, we know, hey, it's going to, it's normal. When we put those findings back into our compliance and our transaction risk categories, we can see that our risk elevated quickly. It shot up and we have good reason for why it shot up. But then we can start seeing it come down, the risk started being mitigated 
because the findings are being resolved. And as we move through that, we see more and more findings being resolved or ex accepted for the risk. And it, we can manage the risk through using the ERM program by doing that. Here's a real life example. Everybody changes audit firms. We've all been through that. And you want to recognize, hey, there's going to be some risk because now we're looking at different things, but we're going to mitigate it because we're going to move through this. That's good. Yeah, that's a great process. And like ERM fits right in there to manage that change. Yeah, so thank, thanks for walking us through that. Building and operating an ERM program can be a difficult thing to do. So what do you think some of the hardest things or what's one of the hardest things that you have to deal with when you build an ERM program? And how have you dealt with that when you've built your ERM program? Oh, yeah. Because there's just a sea of data, right? Oh. And you just flooded with all that kind of stuff. But I think you have to remind yourself that ERM is only, you're only picking a few metrics. You're not ignoring the rest of the metrics that are important to your organization. And they'll be watched carefully in other reports or through other team meetings or something like that. So you're not ignoring the data. You're just picking the ones that you really think are going to impact how you decide for the organization. Yeah. And then I built it around the NCUA call report. So I really think NCUA does have a good balance on what kind of indicators they're looking for under each of the risk categories. There's a lot of knowledge and really there is a lot of science behind those indicators. So pick ones out of the call report because those are readily available. They're easy to access and they really are quality indicators for the, deciding which of those metrics you want to use. That's really great advice. And your point about there just being a sea of data is so true. There's just so much to sift through. And enterprise risk management truly is at that enterprise level. So that's great advice just to pick the ones that are most important. Yeah. And we know that you know throughout management and staff and frontline, they're already managing some of those other numbers. You just don't have to boil them all up to the enterprise level. So they are being managed. It's just, you don't have to bring them to ERM. Yeah, I like the analogy. You don't have to boil them. You don't have to boil the ocean. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't have to get them all. Do you have a risk management committee that you meet with on a regular basis at the management level? Yes, uh, it's our senior this? leadership team. Okay, that makes sense. And how's the board get involved? Is that on a frequent basis or what's your cadence for board interaction with enterprise risk management? We do it quarterly. Oh, great. And, but there's always the option just with our, our board ALCO is that we can move the meetings to monthly. If we start seeing something in the marketplace that is making us concerned and watching it closely, but for the most part, we do it quarterly mm -hmm. and we run it through the board and go through it as a strategic exercise or strategic open discussion. Yeah, that's great. Great. And again, thank you for mentioning the call report as a really good source for metrics and how to organize the ERM reporting or the ERM program. I think that's, that's great advice. Yeah. Is there anything else about yourself or your ERM program or the credit union that we haven't covered that you'd like to share today? I really enjoyed our conversation and keep it your ERM easily understood, easily tracked. Don't make it complicated or elaborate because it, the, and or silo, the more people who understand it and who catch the vibe of ERM, there's more eyes on the horizon, right? Yeah, that's great advice. It's easy 
to overcomplicate something as broad as enterprise risk management. So you're right. It, it needs to be kept simple and make sure you're focusing on the right things. So that's good advice. Do you have any advice for listeners regarding enterprise risk management, whether that's how they should get started or maybe what they should focus on something in addition to keeping it simple? If you do anything, start with the three ones that are really good, easy metrics, your credit risks, your interest rate risks, and your liquidity risk. Those are easy categories. And once you get into the rhythm of that, You can expand it from there once you have the board on the same page as you of your organization and just get into the vibe of doing enterprise risk. NCOA is just looking for that you understand it and you you can defend it, if you will, but you can really use it as a tool for your organization if you create the excitement about ERM instead of burying it in your board packet. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thank you so much. This has been very helpful, Kim. So thanks again for the time. So if someone wants to contact you to have follow-up questions, would that be okay? Is there a way they can reach out to you? Sure. They can reach out by email, which is my initial first initial K, withers at mymeridiantrust.com. That's great. Thank you so much. Again, Kim, thanks a lot for your time. And uh, maybe we'll have you back again, if you would be up for that. Okay. All right. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Kim. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of ERM Perspectives, and we'll see you again next time. Goodbye. That's all for today's ERM Perspectives. If you enjoyed the show and heard something useful, please do your friends and colleagues a favor and share this podcast with them. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Please contact me if you'd like to be a guest on this show or if I can help you or someone you know. I'm David Seibert, and you can find me on LinkedIn or at my website, davidseibertconsulting.com.